Hi, and welcome to another episode of CaliCube Tuesdays, the event I created to keep the podcast going during this period when I can't travel from conference to conference, interviewing people face to face. What I now get is to sit in front of a red brick wall, talking to somebody sitting in front of a green screen, um, which is lovely. Chase Reiner, absolutely delightful to meet you again and have you on the show. Super glad to be here. I loved the last one, so I'm glad to be back on this one. Great. And I love the T-shirt. I think that's a, an amazing T-shirt, and I'm terribly <laughs> jealous. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. Right. Um, today, we're going to be talking about uh, SEO without link building, and I'm personally a big fan of that as an idea. And when you were talking about it last time, I just thought, I have to know more about that. Um, I mean, I think kind of it's going to be a bit of banter because we kind of agree, but I think you've got lots of techniques that I haven't really thought of. So you'll be sharing them with me, whether you like it or not. Um, really quick word before we get going, two sponsors. We've got WordLift, a uh, great plugin for WordPress, um, working on schema markup, entity-based content model, which is the entire podcast is based on the entity-based content model I'm building with WordLift. And the results are amazing. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see the events. They keep, they, they, sorry, the success that we've had with these events and the entities. Brilliant stuff at WordLift. And the other one is uh, SEMrush. Uh, Samrush, there you can get two weeks Guru account free. I've done the three links there, uh, one of which is for people like who like camel case URLs, another one for people who like the underscore URLs, another one for those who like the hyphen URLs, two weeks Guru free. Samrush is sponsoring us for two more weeks, so get in before the offer runs out. Um, brilliant stuff. Now, over to Chase. Quickly, with the entity-based content model with WordLift, we managed to get you in the knowledge graph indirectly. Um, it's the big chase today, hands nap, subtle as never. Um, can we have the screen for the uh, chases in the knowledge graph? If you look at the CaliCube tools, we see we've got a score of 12, which is pretty good um, for Chase Reiner associated with this event, CaliCube Tuesdays. And if you look on the right, you can see we've got the knowledge panel, um, which is really lovely. The unfortunate side effect of that is the next screenshot, which is... Since a couple of days ago, <laughs> you have entities on your brand SERP. Oh my and gosh. unfortunately for you, the first one is Ahrefs. <laughs> and SEMrush are just down the other end, just beyond Alexa. Oh. And it's all SEO audit tools. So, Chase, you audit SEO, and you're heavily associate, associated with Ahrefs. You're not happy about that, are you? Look, I, I love uh, Ahrefs as a, as a tool. I think they're great. Um, I would... You know, I would like to have a little bit more um, of a relationship with them for sure. But look, they're, they got some great stuff over there. And I think SEMrush also has some great stuff. Yep. I, I think it just really depends on, you know, what your cup of tea is. Brilliant. Yeah, well, I've been using SEMrush to track all this stuff. And we've got another, another webinar on SEMrush in a couple of weeks. No, it's next week, in fact. Um, so at the moment, we're both hanging out with SEMrush, wonderful tool, loads of stuff going on. And next week, we're talking about um, link building again. No, we're talking about something else. What are we talking about, Chase? Uh, I think we're doing, a, we're part two of uh, what we talked about last time, which is, I think it might be uh, on page. Right, yeah. Oh, we, we, oh, brilliant. Yeah, you were talking about kind of on-page audits and figuring out your on-page, and that was that was ace stuff. So now into the, the subject of the day, which is SEO without link building. Now, what I hear there is links are no longer important, but that's not what you mean, is it? Um, no, not necessarily. I think 
I think links are definitely still a huge part of the algorithm, and I think they will be for probably a very long time. Um, but I think they ha they definitely have been getting devalued. I've been interviewing a ton of people recently that are um, really playing with user signals, and they're uh, doing things that are probably less, you know, what what I would probably do, which is trying to build uh, engagement in a natural way. Um, and they're really seeing results from it. And whether they're creating like their own little community of, you know, robots or maybe real people to go interact with them, right. uh, whatever they're doing, their tests are showing that these interactions are leading to higher rankings, not just on Google, but on places like YouTube and Facebook. And so I think a lot of the time right. now, I think these platforms are trying to find ways to really interpret real signals rather than just maybe a link getting pointed to them like they have in the past. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of what I want to talk about today is like, first of all, why second of all, I wanted to talk a little bit about how I even got into this. So people who might've never heard me be about me before kind of know what, what to expect. And, and then, you know, what, what can, what can be done as well about all of this? Well, I mean, you're, you're a big YouTube person, uh, which is why you've got the green <laughs> screen. It shows what she's YouTuber. Uh, you've got 37.4 thousand subscribers. Obviously you're very good at that. I mean, YouTube is all about engagement. It's all about user signals, uh, some cheap tricks, putting nice titles in, but you know, I mean, it's the user signals that are doing it. And we've been ranking pretty easily for people's personal names on YouTube through this series. We're having trouble with you, strangely enough, maybe because you've got so many videos and so much engagement. Um, but you're saying now it's not just YouTube, that that model now works with Google generally. Is that more or less it? Yeah, I think it works with pretty much anything right now on the market. Like, look, if you, if you think about um, YouTube, you think about Google, you think about Facebook, what these algorithms are trying to do, at least from what I've seen, is that it looks like when somebody interacts with a video or they interact with a blog post, you, you would think that this these algorithms would want to naturally disperse that content to somebody that seems like that first person. Right, and so, yeah. again, from what I'm seeing and from what I've been hearing is that uh, if you look at the these these platforms, they're 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 almost suggested suggestion based algorithms these days where right, yeah. it, it's not more, it's not as much just about ranking number one. It's about ranking number one for the actual person, because if somebody interacts and they show a positive signal, then chances are this, these algorithms are going to try to give that person more content from the same brand or person. Which comes beautifully back to what Jess Schultz was talking about last week. And last week I got her name wrong and this week I've got it right, but she's not here to hear it. So that's a little bit unfortunate, but she was talking about Google discover and the fact that Google is now pushing all this content to people. So it's actually no longer engagement and association. You were just saying associated with topics that we're into, brands and topics we're interested in. Google discover is all about that. Uh, and the rest of Google's is going that way too. So, being in the knowledge graph is essential to be an entity to be able to be associated with a topic that could then be associated with a user. Would you go with that? Uh, repeat it one last time because that was a little bit of a mouthful. Sorry, yeah, excuse me. It was a bit, yeah. Being an entity in the knowledge graph okay. is essential to be able as a brand to be associated with a topic that the user will then be interested in. And Google is then associating the topics my brand is specialized in to the topics the user is interested in. A hundred percent. And this, I mean, this comes back down to like, if you're, if you're going to be creating a website, it's so much easier these days to niche down to something that you can be topically known for as like an entity. Mm. Uh, for instance, I have a gaming website 
And instead of me talking about a different bunch of different games, I'm going to be talking about one game in particular because I want to be known for that 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 phrase. So oh. when I type in the brand, all this stuff starts popping up around those phrases. And the thing is, is you don't just want that again on on Google. You want to be able to try to create that in an omnipresence way where you have YouTube, you have Facebook. And you have, for instance, like with me, you, you type in Chase Renner and it's like instantly it's like associ- I'm associated with with SEO tools. And, and I think that's actually yeah. a good signal because it's it's saying, hey, this is a brand that people are typing in. And, and again, I think a lot of it comes down to user signals because when people are typing in Chase Renner SEO tools, Chase Renner Ahrefs, Chase Renner whatever, mm-hmm. and they're looking up all these tutorials, and they're looking up all these things around it. I think it's 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 uh, makes it almost trains Google or whatever platform to understand who you are as an entity. Yeah, I mean, I'm obsessed by the term, get Google to understand who you are and what you do. Make sure it thinks you're credible. And I think you're gonna talk about reviews and other user signals around that. And then make sure that you're producing content that it can deliver to its users in the context they find themselves is actually useful to them. So my my trio is understanding uh, credibility, and deliverability. And if you've got those three, you're pretty much away. Um, and the credibility part is, I mean, it's not just reviews, but it's positive user, user signals showing that you're actually appreciated by your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's all kinds of ways that you can actually create these signals. Um, I think, you know, for me at least. <laughs> oh, brilliant. What, Sorry, what excuse me. We, we, now we've got Chase Reiner, SEMrush. So uh, there is that wonderful association, which is lovely. Um, And I suspect we're now ranking number one because what Google seems to be doing is while these live streams are on, or sorry, YouTube rather, not Google, the the video pushes right to the top for the duration of the episode. Well, and was was that a screenshot from somebody being signed in? Because I actually haven't looked that up. But, yeah, well, if, if, the, if it is the case, I think it is the case, uh, I get 30 minutes of glory of being at the top of Chase Reiner's brand surf on YouTube, which I'm really happy about, and I'll take. 30 minutes is good enough for me. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but either so we way, talking yeah. about user signals that you can, you can generate, you're pu- pushing this, this engagement, but also reviews. Yeah, so, like, so, so like sorry, for me, like, again, I was talking about how I'm like more focused on white hat than I am on black hat. And, Brilliant. you know, and, and so for, for like user signals for me, like the best way I've found from a white hat perspective is to start giving out as much value as you can, something like a video, something like a talk like this. And then obviously you're going to have two offers. You're going to have your, your paid offer, which is something like, oh, hey, go grab my, uh, my course or grab my, you know, my checklist, whatever the thing is that you want people to buy. Um, and then, you know, it could even be an affiliate and and this is not just on SEO. It could be on anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And then generally you also want to have your free offer, which is, by the way, I created this free video series. You can go check it out on this website. You don't have to pay anything. And that Mm -hmm. way you can start building relationships because I I really think the key to building a brand these days and, and, and being able to build those signals in a white hat way is to be able to be really good at two things, driving traffic or views and uh, being able to build relationships with that traffic. If you can't do both, if you can't build, if you can't build an audience that's going to engage with your brand, wherever it is, if it's a blog post, if it's a a video, if you can't build an audience and, and continually capture that traffic and remarket what you're doing so that you can build those engagements, other people with bigger audiences are going to be able to outrank you because they can get all those signals, right? Now, 
let me let me talk. Can I talk really quickly about why I actually decided to get into doing white hat versus the black hat way of things and why user yep. engagement's always been such okay. Anybody with a shirt like that can have a minute <laughs> to talk about whatever they want. And this is okay, your awesome. minute. <laughs> so so I just want to say, by the way, everybody, and, and look, I, I try not to get all I don't get I try not to get emotional or get into any weird uh like too much background history, but I do want to say that, you know, I grew up um I always wanted to be number one at what I did. And so this was before I even found out about what SEO was. I remember, um, remember like being like 15 or 16, I was taking guitar lessons. I was doing karate. I was doing all this stuff. And, um, I just remember like, I always wanted to be the best, but then I would quit. I would like, I would get like halfway up the, the ladder, you know, and I would just stop. I would, I don't know why I just couldn't, I couldn't Ooh, I, finish. Yeah. Go sorry, ahead. Can, can I interrupt? Can I ask a question? Because that's, yeah. I, I went through lots of stages. I've, I've similar kind of things to you. I didn't do karate though. I did uh, ballet at one point. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, well, and chess and football and rugby and hockey and all sorts of other things. And it's kind of similar. I gave up or stopped when I realized, like you, I'm not going to be as good as I need to be to satisfy myself. Right. Uh, and then I would say, okay, well, let's go on to something else because I know I'm never, I'm never going to break that glass ceiling. Sorry, that was my uh, full uh, sense worth. And I can totally relate because like for me, I always wanted to be better. It wasn't that I wanted to be good. I just wanted to be like better than everybody else. And I don't oh, know wow. why. <laughs> I don't know if it was like an insecurity thing or what it was. I just wanted to like almost be recognized in a way. I wanted like mm -hmm. for people to like somehow respect me. I, it, You know, obviously, obviously like at that time, I think is, is, as well, like when you're younger, you're trying to almost prove yourself to the world and you want to like let everybody know that you're, you know, that you're something. And so again, the only reason I'm telling you this is, is, is because it leads into why I cared so much about doing SEO and doing marketing the way I have done it in the last four years. So I grew up that way. I gave up pretty much everything I started. I pretty much gave up. And so I remember, um, I remember I was working at an SEO agency. I was making a decent amount of money and I left so that I could move into a, a, a garage. I, at the time when I lived in Santa Barbara in California, it was very expensive. It still is. It's one of the most expensive towns to live in. And I was paying. You moved into a garage because you wanted to start your company in the garage. Like all it. Because I wanted, yeah, I wanted to build the generic stereotype story. No, it, it's because I just couldn't afford it, right? I, I had, uh, I think I had like six or $7,000 in the bank account. The garage was almost $1,000 a month and I had no income after I left. So I, I started working, you know, I had, uh, I remember I had like one client that was paying me $300 a month and the entire time I remember people were telling me, Hey Chase, you got to build links. You got to do SEO this certain way. And I always struggled with it. I said, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to do it. First of all, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Second of all, mm -hmm. I left this um, job so that I could go out and do a YouTube channel because I wanted to be the best on YouTube. That was my goal. I wanted to, you know, be the most well-known SEO guy on YouTube and just be really good at SEO in general. And um, <clears throat> I just remember like, you know, everybody, even especially like four years ago, everybody was doing link building. You know, if I said anything about building links um, and, and, or sorry, about not mm -hmm. building links, I would just get roasted. And I remember just being in all these communities and I was getting kicked out of communities. I was getting, uh, you know, I'm, if you, if you go into certain communities at this point and you type in chase Reiner memes, you'll see like hundreds of posts of memes of people saying, Oh, I don't build links. And it's like, 
a picture of me and but it's on like a you know on a funny gif and everybody's laughing at it yeah that, that that's kind of strange because I've, I've never built links and i've always said well i don't like building links nobody's ever done that to me um may, maybe may, oh and i know why you're famous and i'm not so i was gonna say i think a lot of the time what happens is when you start to get known um, you know, there's plenty of people that I think weren't building links when I wasn't building them. Mm. But I think what happens is that when you start to get a little bit of spotlight on you, people almost use that, especially when you're not really well known at all. If you're kind of like, remember, I only had a couple thousand subscribers and I, and like, that's the worst place. Cause it, it, you know, if you have, if you have some sort of recognition, then people are like, Oh, okay, whatever. That's his deal. But the second you only have a few thousand subscribers or, you know, a couple thousand people following you, it's so much easier for people to grill you and to take it personally, right? I used to take all the criticism, whether it was good or bad, just so like seriously. And now it's like, it's not a thing for me anymore. But anyway, so uh, past all the story, the entire time that I've done this stuff and I've had my YouTube channel a little over four years now. Yeah, I, I, done... I didn't like when you said only 2000, I've only got 768. So I'm, I'm feeling a bit pathetic. I, I meant that when you have <laughs> when you have a following that maybe like less people are recognizing yeah. than if like let's say you were on YouTube and you had you know a few thousand views per video that kind of thing when you get to that that point yeah. people I, it seems that people tend to attack you less and what I found is that when you have less like when you're kind of starting out when you're when you're in that mm. you're trying to break through to that kind of more influencer i'm not saying that you're not an influencer i'm not saying no i know thought i was teasing you chase that was just me being silly i mean i'm <laughs> get back to your story sorry so you've right right okay <clears throat> so anyways um i forgot where i was at where i left off uh something about you, you built it? up your, your your channel people people i would assume stopped or stopped telling you you were wrong because you were doing such a good job Okay. Well, and, and so what happened is cause I was, I was live streaming everything I was doing. So I was, I had started getting clients. I told the clients, I said, look, if you want me to do SEO on your website, you have to let me put it on YouTube. And a lot of people said, no, I may, I lost a lot of sales because of that. They oh. don't want their secrets to what's ranking their website on mm. YouTube. Totally makes sense. But the other people who just wanted to rank number one, didn't necessarily care. Um, they, they expected that I was somewhat good at what I did because I had all these videos, I had some experience. And so I have um, you know a ton of videos on YouTube of me actually over the shoulder, me actually clicking on the buttons and then taking people from no rankings at all to ranking number one, um, sometimes locally, sometimes nationally. There's tons of content over there. But uh, this isn't a brag. This is just to tell you like every single time I did this though, I always pitch, hey guys, I'm gonna rank this site. I'm not gonna do any link building. I'm not gonna do anything except all natural stuff that I do on my own websites and what I've been trying to do for the last four years because I really firmly believe that you can rank a website and you can build traffic to any asset you want without building links. So I uh, I, I got a ton of success. I, I made a, a good amount of money. I, I got a lot of rankings for clients and um, long story short, you know, I don't even really do client work anymore. Um, I mainly just do affiliate stuff now. I rank my own websites. I I work with um, brands and I you know I drive traffic and sales to them because yeah. that's what I really like doing. I love uh, like for instance, this is my this is totally my um, environment. Being on a on an interview, being on a uh, you know a webinar, being on a presentation, whether it's me interviewing or or somebody else, I, I just love it. And I, I know that you do too because I, I see how 
how great yeah. you are with talking to everybody. And um, yeah, because I, I just honestly... won't shut up. Basically, <laughs> you know, I love it because I keep talking and talking. But yeah, I mean, hundred percent, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, and I love the idea of kind of saying. I mean, p- part of this for me is the entertainment aspect. Part of it is the learning aspect, and part of it is just having a really good conversation. I've seen we've got Paul Lavelle and uh, Josh Hunt here. Uh, welcome to you guys. Uh, there's there's a little bit of rudeness going on in the chat, um, but we will avoid it because we are above it, Chase. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Well, there it, you go. Well, there you go. Easy peasy ranking for Chase Ryan and Jason Bard. Nothing could be easier. <laughs> Not a single link in sight. Um, right, it's sorry, funny. Yeah. I was looking at my YouTube channel the other day, and uh, this is actually before I kind of made the switch. Because here, So here's how I kind of – so I started out doing services. I remember – I just wanted an agency so bad, and I uh, I, I did all these uh, uh, these different ways of, of running the agency. You know, I outsourced, I did in house, I hired people in 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 America, I hired people that weren't in America, all these things, um, and I just hated doing the services, so I stopped doing that, and then I uh, I switched to doing courses. I, I I did it, you know, a ton of sales doing courses, and then I realized, ah, you know, I don't I don't really like doing courses either because. I would much rather just do like this kind of stuff, give people things away for free. I love giving away free information, people getting people to engage. So then the and, problem is uh, how do you make money out of it? Well, and then you go to affiliate, right? Because when you're doing affiliate, yeah. then you're just bringing it traffic in and then you're promoting other people's products that you believe in, which is also awesome. I mean, you could still do all three, um, but then obviously, you know, you just do the things that you really like lower. It's, it's a lot different to have one client versus 20 clients, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you're just doing, and it's a lot different if you're doing it for fun, just because you like doing, you know, let's say working with a client versus having to work with 20 clients in order to survive every month. And then you're just constantly on the phone, that kind of thing. But um, I mean, before did, did you, did, if you sorry, coming back to, to what you were saying earlier on, you were saying I really wanted to be the best. Now, very personal question. Do you think you're now doing or you are the best in the industry or have you stopped wanting to be the best or needing to be the best? And you're just happy being really good. I think I think that's probably the best question. Uh I, I, I was so, so again, let me just talk about the transition. So before I was competing with everybody, I, you know, mm. I had so many enemies. I, I was, I was, I was getting on podcasts and I was telling people, no, you're wrong. Um, mm. You just don't know because you're not doing the way I'm doing it. You're not doing the link building. I mean, you're not doing the, 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 the chase mm. Reiner method. And so I had, I, I wound up creating all these enemies basically. And, um, I just thought it was so important for me to tell everybody else that like, you know, this is the best way. And, and so again, like what happened is recently I looked at my YouTube channel. It was probably like three or four months ago. And I saw it said in the audience, it said your top percentage of people by far, it was like 50 or 60% are people that are just like into entertainment and movies. And I was like, I was like, well, that's very weird because I would expect most of them to, the next one was technology. But I was hmm. expecting most of them to be like technology, business owner, that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, and I, and I really know that I'm, I, I think that I'm more of an entertainer than anything. I like bringing in just like an audience. I like being on stage. Um, I, I was like, okay, well, I think I'm, I'm competing with the wrong people. All these SEO people that I'm telling are wrong. Um, I'm, I, I should be bringing these people in and talking to them about, you know, all the things that they're doing that could be right. Why am I, why am I mm. trying to compete with them if they're just part of the show? Right. 
Um, and so now I get to, the cool thing is now that I'm creating all these friends again, a lot of people that I was actually enemies with, I'm now friends with now because I came back to him and said, Hey, look, you know, I was totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> I would love to hear about your stuff. And so now I get to bring people on like the, the black yeah. hats and all the people that I never got to hear from. Right. And I get to go, Oh, Holy cow. You guys got all kinds of things that I never even knew about. And maybe I don't agree with it, but I get to learn all the time. And that part's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, this podcast has been an experience of actually learning from a lot of people who know all that stuff. Um, I didn't have to go through the or go, the, the making enemies part. Um, I mean, I've, I've just made loads of friends who are sharing loads of information. Uh, I mean, I think it's a wonderful industry from that point of view. Is there so much sharing going on, so much giving going on? And we had a conversation between Aleda Solis, Dawn Anderson, myself and Andrea Volpini, uh, earlier on about knowledge panels because Aleda is brilliant. Aleda Solis, if you type Aleda into Google, her knowledge panel comes up and all the results are about her. Uh, so she actually owns the brand set just for her first name, which is wow. astounding. Um, so she's my new hero or heroine, depending on how you look at it. And she was saying, and this is interesting, she was saying there is an Aleda who is a model who's also famous why have I got the SERP and not her? And the answer is from Dawn Anderson because of probability. The probability that people are searching for you is actually higher than it is for that model. Um, especially, I mean, in our industry, everybody knows a, a lot of people are searching for it. And so what she's managed to do is dominate her own first name. Um, and what, sorry, what I liked about that, it was, it was an exchange between four or five different people within the industry, including myself, about kind of what's happening, why it's happening, and how it's interesting and how it might help other people. Uh, awesome. Sorry, I'm getting a bit a bit fluffy and too bare about this, aren't I? Hundred percent, and that's why I think when you see the people on top, you you, you look at um, people that are ranking for all kinds of stuff, like uh, Brian Dean or Neil mm. Patel, and you see like they they're just dominating. You know, they're ranking for things like keyword research and things mm. like um, you know, uh, just crazy terms. Uh, even like SEMrush and Ahrefs, if you look those up, um, mm. they show up right. And so why, why is it that they just dominate these SERPs? Is it because the content they're creating is so amazing that mm. everybody's just like, I, I never seen content like this. No, because even the brands like Samurash and Ahrefs, they have their own documentation. That's like 10 times more thorough that you right, can go yeah. read. But the, the truth is, is that you look at, um, you look at their audience and they have these email lists with 500, 600,000 people on it and YouTube channels where they do one video and they get 30, you know, 40, 50,000 views in the first day. And, and you're saying what they're doing is winning on engagement. And I mean, Google knows that people are terribly interested in what they've got to say. So pretty much anything they write or anything they create is going to get pushed to the top because they've got this historical um, path that they've, they've, they've proven to Google time and time and time again that people are truly interested in what, they're, what they've got to say. Is that about it? And, and on top of that, yes. And on top of that, I think any content they create the because they have such big uh, uh, communities it's that it's that proof it's that having uh, you know when you have when when somebody goes into a video or they see a blog post and there's 500 other people commenting mm. what do they think they have to do right it's mm. about being a part of something that people think they see as working so it's not even just about how the algorithms see it it's actually about how the real users see it as well. When you have a huge following that really like is 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 showing, mm. hey, yeah, look, there's something happening here that's really big. The content doesn't even have to really be that great. No. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and that comes back to what you were saying earlier on is building relationships with the audiences. Uh, and in fact, the whole the whole shebang 
uh, to kind of conclude this thing is about relationships. It's about entities and relationships. We're entities. We have a relationship. My brand is an entity. It has a relationship with the topic that it's in, uh, that it's uh, specialised in. I have a relationship with my brand. I can support my brand through that relationship. But my brand or my products and my content have relationships with my audience. And it's very important with all of those entities, all of those relationships to communicate to Google that those relationships are strong and long-lasting and powerful, and then it will push your content to the top. Would that more or less conclude it? A hundred percent. But I think the question we really need to be asking is what are the things you need to do to build these relationships? Because there's <laughs> that's where I've been focusing like most of my time over the last four years is how do you connect with your customers on a mass level, mm -hmm. but also on an emotional level? Well, that sorry, I, I, can we finish with this question? Because yeah, I think yeah, this yeah, is sorry, a really sorry. important... No, 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 sorry, I'm not saying stop talking. I'm saying I'm actually really interested in this because once you get to scale, how can you possibly maintain those relationships? I can't see how you can do it. I've got 768 subscribers and I'm doing a really bad job of maintaining any kind of relationship. <laughs> sorry. No. I, so I, how do you I, do it? So for me, like... This is again where I focus all my time. I, 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 the theory is is that while you're spending all your time building rankings, um, if you focus on rankings, hopefully you'll get them. But mm. what happens once the person gets to the page? What happens once the viewer is watching the video? When when people are here right now, how did they actually feel about it? It's one thing to have a ranking, but if you can't connect with somebody on an emotional level or build a relationship with them, the ranking almost means nothing. Like we, we see people with 500,000 subscribers who get a thousand views on a video. It means yeah, that they I've didn't. I've wondered about that. Don't you say, excuse me, I saw that the other day and I was wondering about it. I think that's a bit weird. And what, what's the explanation? Sorry, go ahead. I think it's because if you're not connect, if you're not continually connecting with people on an emotional level, they're not going to come back. And content is growing so frequently mm. that it, it, that competition is not no longer a ranking. Look, so if you think about Google, you think about these different platforms, the reason why they're creating these content distribution algorithms is because people only have 24 hours in a day. And the best way for people to get what they want is by brands being able to figure out whether these people have an emotional connection to that actual brand or not. Like in it, that sounds crazy to, and I, even to me, it sounds crazy, but I think that's really what they're trying to do is they're trying to understand whether or not these people feel positive or negative feelings towards what they're interacting with based on the way they interact with it. And so how do you create this, these inner, these, these, these emotional connections where people want to stay on the video for 20 mm -hmm. or 30 minutes during a live stream, or they want to um, message you every day and say, Hey, I love what you're doing. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll do anything for this brand. I'll go and like and comment and whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to ask them. And so I think the real truth is it comes back to the story. I think part of the reason why uh, I was telling my story earlier and um, why, I'd say, why I'd tell my story a lot more these days is because I think people are more interested in your story than they are about your result. And what I mean by that is that when you, when you break down where you were, people, okay, people want to see, they don't want to see you just be a hero, right? They already know if you have some sort of following, they know mm -hmm. that you've been able to achieve something, but they're more interested in what was the struggle you had to go through that they can relate to, to get to your point. And, and so the, the, the thing that I do a lot now is I'll, I'll, I'll say the garage story a, a ton. I, I usually talk about it. It's not important to me. I don't really care about the garage. For me, it was actually not even that bad. Um, mm. You know, I was having a lot of fun back then. 
even though I was working like crazy. Um, yeah. But it was a new experience for me. And I think a lot of the time, most people, they, they, they either downplay their past or they, or they overplay their past. They go, oh, it's so bad because they're trying to it's not about that. It's about removing yourself from the situation and thinking, okay, how can I actually help somebody with my story? And how can I actually relate to those people? And so anytime I do videos now, or anytime I do a post or anytime I'm inviting people to, to do something with me, I'm generally going to tell them a little story about why that thing's important. And so now that I start playing stories into what I'm doing, people seem to, to, to connect with me at a higher level. And I seem to do a lot better as a brand because of it. Let me give you an example. Let's say we were doing um, a review on SEMrush. Instead of me just saying, hey, here's um, how you use hey, SEMrush. Hey, we have this special offer by SEMrush. How, how, how terribly, awfully advertisingly that is. So we're talking about SEMrush. Yeah, yeah. So let's say we're talking about SEMrush and let's say we wanted to get some, some traffic over to this link, right? The first thing we're going to do is, is, well, the first thing we're not going to do is make it into a tutorial. Oh, here's how you do um, SEO in 2020. And here's how you use SEMrush. There, that, that tutorial is, is, you know, tons of people have already created that, right? Yeah. The difference is when you come in, you go, hey, I want to tell you a little bit about how I actually got to this point where I'm using this tool and why I'm using it. And what was the struggle around not having this tool before that? And how did I feel? And where was I in, in my life during that? point, right? Mm. And so I could say, hey, before I found SEMrush, before I found any of these tools, um, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I would do little SEO audits on a notepad and I would just tell people what was wrong with their websites and I would never keep the clients and I wouldn't be able to make any money. And the struggle was terrible. But then, you know, eventually I found tools like this one and, you know, look at all the cool things you can actually. So that phrase right there, the way you phrase, the way you frame it up to it, that opens a connection for people. Mm -hmm. And so when you open the connection, what you'll start to see is that comments start flooding in, engagement starts flooding in, people are, are messaging you. I get personal emails all the time. Oh, Chase, you're so inspirational. And the funny thing is, is that the, I'm not doing anything that I haven't already been doing in it per se. Like I'm not, um, I'm not any different by saying these stories or I'm not, um, not any much more interesting, I don't think. But what happens is that, again, I think a lot of times when people um, are, are, are watching you or they're, they're interacting with your brand, they want the ability to open up. It's almost like if, you, if, you are, um, if you're going on a date or something, you don't want to just talk about yourself. You want to talk about who, who you are and how that relates to the other person and why you feel connected. And so when you open these emotions for people, even when I was telling you my story earlier, I go, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I felt that way too, right? And when you open these 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 uh, connections for people, it it just it it it's so easy to give away a free SEO checklist if you make it about your struggle in the garage. Right. It's not easy to give away a free SEO checklist if you're like, hey, this is the most technical schema markup checklist on the market. Nobody cares. I mean, they do care, right? There's a, there's a no, niche. You, you, you do have a, a niche, as you said, a niche audience of people who really do care about that. But uh, the whole idea of kind of having stories attached to stuff. I did a, a podcast episode yesterday with uh, a lovely chap called Matthew uh, about failures and start from a failure and tell us where it went from there. And that was actually a lot of fun. Uh, and I actually quite enjoyed telling my failures. Um, that'll be out next year. Um, but I mean, I've got so many of them to share. I mean, basically, I was going, you know, he said, oh, we're going to do three. And I was saying, well, I've got a list of like 12 you can choose. Um, and I think we've all got that. And, and it, is, it is nice as a human being sharing that. And I think it's probably, as you say, interesting to also uh, hear it and relate to it. Brilliant stuff. And I so, think, I, 
Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. You had something to say. I don't want to something, go on too much on a, a wonderful tangent. conclusion of, of, well, coming back to the link building or not link building and engagement, basically what you're saying is be real and you will get that engagement as long as you're addressing the right audience. Right. And, I, and so like even what you were saying a second ago is that I had all these different stories that I could tell. And so when you start thinking about those stories, it becomes a lot easier to build content. And I think that's the kind of the mm. biggest thing that people have a hard time with is that it's not that they, they can't create content. It's that they don't think there's anything worth saying. So they'll, they'll just wait and they'll go, Oh, well, you know, I have to have the most technical tutorial. I need to have the best blog post. I need to beat Brian Dean or whoever. And the truth is, it's not about how great your setup is. It's not about your camera. It's not mm -hmm. about any of that. What it's about is being good at telling stories that people can relate to. It's about creating something that people can opt into when it comes to the relationship. And this could be as simple as sending you an email or a message, um, as long as you can somehow control your traffic at the end of the day. And by control your traffic, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, having somebody on an email list or on a Facebook message or wherever it is. Um, cause you want to be able to, you want to be able to, when you, when you push a button, you want people going over somewhere. You don't want to have to wait for the YouTube algorithm or wh whoever to distribute your content for you. Um, which is, and, well, which is, which is taking control. Uh, and I think that's very nice. I was talking to Ryan Folland on his podcast the other day and he was saying, oh, brand serps. Yeah, it's all wonderful. And I keep saying they've got to be positive, accurate and convincing. He's saying, well, actually the big point, and Andrea Volpini from Wordlift told me this and I didn't listen to him. So more fool me is you don't con if you don't control it, there is danger that something nasty is going to turn up, and it's all about control. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm the, the, just the word control. I'm also saying I have an audience, and if I give that control over to Google completely or to YouTube completely, I'm losing out. I need to be able to have some control over that audience. Well, yeah, and at the end of the day, it's like you can meet somebody at a bar, you can meet somebody at a meetup group, but if you don't walk away with their phone number, it's just you're going to see them again until you hopefully go back and maybe they're there, maybe you're there. You don't want to chance it. You want to make sure that you can confirm that the relationship will be there. But the third thing I wanted to say is that, yeah. it, you know, co consistency. So everybody can tell a story a day, even if it's, if it's a paragraph. Uh, what I do all the time is I'll go on Facebook and I'll start thinking about just a story. I go, what's something that I'm thinking about today? And for instance, another, the, the other day I did a story about how when I was younger, I, uh, I had a, a gaming addiction. I used to play uh, long online video games, and I remember I spent all this money. I wanted to be the best at the game, and I realized how that related uh, to SEO. Sorry, that, that, come, that comes back again. I want to be the max. <laughs> right, exactly, and it always comes back to that. And so that's why I'm saying, like, for me, I can create these stories every single time, like every single day. I mean, I could do it easily, and I can relate that to what I'm doing today. What's different about mm. how I was at a deficit before and what am I doing today? And so now, whenever I do something like that, it's a very easy formula for me, at least. Uh, people seem to interact like crazy, and I really think it comes down to this. Most people have some sort of history that's a pain point. The reason why somebody didn't do a video um, or they didn't do a, you know, whatever it is that they got to do, it's because they had some sort of relation to failure in the past. And so the more you can relate to them and say, hey, look, my brand is going to help you get past that failure, that pain point in your head. That's when people follow you religiously because they really believe that you are the solution to their pain. Beautiful stuff. Thank you very much. I think that comes to the end. It's a lovely conclusion to it. And I've just realized this is a very special episode because it's the only episode out of 150 where I didn't sing the introduction song. 
So I will sing what? the introduction song. <laughs> a quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Chase Reiner. <laughs>